Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, 2023 was by all accounts a solid year for the motor and car dealership trade here in Ireland. But how's 2024 shaping up? And will we see many more EVs on our roads? Joining me to discuss this wonderful industry is Brian Cook. He's the Simi Director General, that's the Society of the Irish Motor Industry. Rowena Dooley, the dealer principal at Dooley Motors in Carlow, also joins us, as does Philip Mallon, Managing Director of Joe Mallon Motor Group. You're all very welcome to the programme. Brian, we might start with you for an overview, if we would. I believe the news is good. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, if you look at last year's new car sales, we were up about 15% on 2022. So so it puts us back to where we were pre-COVID, which was just over 120,000 new cars. But I think it has to be put in context. In 2019, we would have said 120,000 was a disappointing year for new cars. Yeah. So, so Remind me of the peak figure in, in 2007. Well, the peak figure was the year 2000, which is 230,000. Okay, so we're well off that. Yeah. So at 120, you know, we need to be just careful about what we compare that with. We, we, we do, but look, I think, you know, you know, when business increases by 15%, you've got to be grateful for that. Yeah, so absolutely. we are thankful for that, and it, it is a step in the right direction. Okay. Is there any kind of trends emerging within that 15%? We know uh, EVs, and we'll talk about them in a bit more detail in a minute, but we know they're up 45%, which again is a very, very strong performance in any market. Yeah, well, I think uh, the big change between 2019 and 2023, if you look at the... Is the makeup of the market um, back then? You know, diesel was still a, was still the the prime, was still the best seller. Whereas now, um, petrol is the best seller, and electric vehicles have basically gone from zero to nearly one in five new cars sold. So, so that that's been the big change over the last four years. Okay, we'll come back to that in a second. Let's go to, I suppose, a bit closer to the customer, and we'll talk to to Rowena Dooley, the dealer principal there at Dooley Motor, Motors in Carlo. Rowena, you're very welcome to the program. Tell us firstly a little bit about your business because I know you have a, a testing centre as well as a car dealership. We do, uh, we do, Bobby, thank you. Uh, we are in business over 30 years. Uh, we're located just on the outside of our low town. Uh, we employ 39 people. We have a Ford, Citroen, Kia, Jeep and Fiat um, uh, multi-franchise <coughs> dealership and as you say, a uh, uh, commercial vehicle testing centre. So, uh, lots to keep us busy. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I, I, I suppose is, because I know I'll, I'll be chatting to our next guest, uh, Philip, about it as well, but one of the things that st- strikes me now is that dealers can have multiple franchises. In the old days, you know, you were either a Ford or a Volvo or a, a Renault, or there didn't tend to be much, I suppose, cross-branding. What's changed there, Regina, and why now have you kind of five brands in your stable, whereas maybe traditionally you would have had one? I suppose it's like everything you need to diversify and we need to constantly look at see what, what our customer wants, what, what the market, what we can deliver. And uh, a few factors uh, a few factors influenced us. We're a strong commercial dealership and uh, we wanted to look at it alternatives to uh, our commercial offering. Um, and we approached the Gowan Group and we uh, managed to to secure the franchises for Fiat and for Citroen, for uh, also for the car offering. But uh, there's standards within each of the franchises that you need to you need to uphold and you need to comply with in order to to retail their brand. And yeah. obviously, 
there's a little bit of a challenge in that in terms of the workshop and training and facilities. But certainly people are, dealers are looking at multi-franchise model um, definitely to, to diversify. Yeah, and, and you know, does, does that mean then that when you table, talk about franchise standards, there might be uh, sales targets within those in order to, to keep and develop the brand? There certainly is. You are right across all the boards. It's all about the numbers, and uh, you, you need to achieve certain targets within each of them. And uh, but obviously, that's why it's important to to match the product uh, with your market and yeah. where you're operating in, and when the, and having the correct brands and product available to sell or on the forecourt. Okay. And thankfully, you know, supply has come back around right across the board across all franchises. So we're in a stronger position as dealers to be able to supply the market. Uh, the same supply complaints are not there. Okay. In order, in other words, you've got vehicles to sell. Where yeah, there was, on the ground. Okay, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let's bring in our third guest now. He's Philip Mallon, the Managing Director at Joe Mallon Group. Uh, Philip, you're very welcome to the programme. And again, I know you're a business around a number of years. Maybe remind our listeners about your business. Yeah, um, our business was started about 38 years ago by um, my father, Joe, and my mother, Beatrice. Uh, it's now run by myself, uh, my sister Ethna and, and my brother Anthony. Uh, we have locations in Nace and Port Leash. We represent the Renault, Dacia and Peugeot brands. Uh, we took on Peugeot in September. We're building a new showroom in Nace uh, to accommodate them. Um, and much like Rowena said there, uh, I suppose one of the decisions for us for multi-franchise is to have the same... Um, uh, I suppose to have synergies across our business that, you know, labour costs have increased and, um, you know, we're able to diversify a little bit, uh, take on new brands and uh, and retain all the staff that we have. So, so as a dealer, you're comfortable then with a portfolio of different car brands? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, having the opportunity to... Um, supply the customer with uh, give them a range of options um, and different price points as well um, to to attract them into the dealer. Yeah. So then just to talk then about uh, Philip, what, what people are actually buying, um, if you look across your, your, your brand portfolio of Renault, uh, Dacia and Peugeot's so what do you do you look for sort of key differences in those, you know, so that you uh, obviously attract more uh, a diverse base of customer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <coughs> one is the electric offering. Right. Um, we, Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I suppose we'll be looking towards the future. You're, you're trying to have uh, more electric vehicles available for, for the customer. Uh, the other thing is the, the range of SUVs. SUVs are very popular still. Um, and uh, that size of a car for fam- for a family car. Uh, so they're all kind of uh, reasons we'll be looking to other brands and see uh, what they're offering so that we can then in turn or offer it to the I thought there was a kind of a move against the SUV. Certainly Eamon Ryan doesn't like them. No, well, I suppose when I'm saying SUV, it's not just, uh, say, your typical big uh, car, diesel car. There's hybrid alternatives. There's uh, plug-in hybrid. Uh, a lot of them are going electric now as well. It's more about the space. You know, if, if you're talking about um, a family like uh, my own, I have three small kids, uh, three Isofix seats, uh, needing that space, the extra space in the boot, they're all practical elements. We yeah. that It doesn't suit uh, everyone to be in a, a smaller car. Okay. Uh, we're talking car dealerships here on Down to Business. If you've got a text uh, or a WhatsApp, uh, 
get in touch with us and we'll try and deal with as many of them as we can uh, when we have our dealers and indeed Brian Cook uh, from Simi here in the studio. Um, Brian, back to you. Um, uh, both Philip and Rowena mentioned uh, EVs there and the move to electric. The, the big debate we hear every day is about the, the charging infrastructure. It just doesn't seem to be matching the growth in, in, in sales in terms of of, you know, we're hearing all sorts of horror stories about, you know, queues and forecourts and, you know, people with range anxiety. Like, these are real things that are actually happening out there. What can we do to improve that? Well, I, I think, suppose there's two parts to the charging infrastructure. There's home charging, which, you know, uh, I drive an electric vehicle and, you know, nearly all my charging is done at home. Same and, as me. And, yeah. the, and the infrastructure in Ireland where we have over 80% of residents that are capable to take a home charger is actually better than in most other countries. So the home charging piece were actually, we're better than most countries and we're actually ahead of the game. But what we're talking about here is, you know, is is, is on national routes uh, in rural areas where people uh, need to charge their car out, outside their home. And I suppose the growth in electric vehicles, the charging infrastructure hasn't kept pace. I, I think in fairness to the government, they have recognised it and they are, they are investing in it, but it needs to happen much quicker. You know, so, so far the people who have bought electric cars are people who are, were either, you know, who are environmentalists or people who could afford to buy a, a new electric car. The next set of buyers, the early adopters are gone now, are going to be more price conscious, but they're also going to be more <coughs> sensitive to things like charging infrastructure and maybe perhaps not as patient as yeah. the earlier adopters. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not representative of the typical driver or others, but I'll tell you what I do, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I use my electric car, I suppose, for 90% or maybe 95% of my drives. When I go to the Cliffs of Moher, as I do once a month, I bring my wife's car because I just couldn't be bothered, you know, with the anxiety associated with it. So that's my way of dealing with it. Now, it's, and, and I'm fortunate maybe that my wife has a car that she'll actually lend me. Um, but, you know, I really wish that we could get over that, that barrier that is that, as you say, the longer trips that you just need to, you shouldn't need to be anxious about driving to to Kerry or driving to Donegal. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, Bobby. And I know like, if, if, if I have a trip down the country, which I do regularly, uh, if I have one next week, I'm already tar- thinking today about where I'm going to actually charge the car. So, so I, I, I think it, it, it is improving, but it needs to improve a lot quicker that, that, than it currently is. Okay. Rowena, what about your own views on, on electric cars? Um, what about the second-hand market in them? Is that starting to now come to the fore? Because they've been around a couple of years now. So, you know, maybe you could buy a reasonably good uh, 2017, 2018 electric car that, you know, I suppose one thing we don't know is uh, how long the battery actually lasts. But that's, that's, that's a, maybe a debate for another day. <laughs> just sorry, just to even go back on the, the the previous point, Bobby. Sorry, I just wanted to make one small point. Buyers, though, they, you made it in the very beginning. Only ninety five percent of your journeys are in your electric car, and you're very comfortable with that. Buyers, buyers do sort of need to be realistic that it's very rare sometimes that they make those longer journeys. And as, as Brian said, you do need to plan for them potentially. But how often do most people drive, say, from Cork to Galway or? 
Dublin to Cork. You know, it's it, and there is there is a consideration, but it's not ninety five percent of the driving for some people. Yeah. Just going back to your your used the used car. Um, we have seen sort of accelerated depreciation in the used car market in the last year, in particular. Um, but I think it, the, the market is still a little bit immaturity, for the want of a better expression. It, it needs it's start it's starting to stabilise. I think there are now we're seeing products on the market in the second market of 2020, 2021, vehicles that have very decent range. Some of the earlier years that you were talking about, the range might have been yeah, um, a, a bit shy. Yeah, so yeah. we're seeing two, three-year-olds with very good range, with decent warranty, very good, you know, and the, the market is definitely stabilising on the used electric car perspective. We've had you know, Tesla dropped their prices significantly last year, and that had a ripple effect right across the industry on the new car. And naturally, then the used car suffered from that. And yeah, uh, and I suppose when you talk about, so I suppose, you know, serious depreciation uh, in an electric vehicle, that's probably a double-edged sword in that if I'm somebody who owns an electric vehicle and all of a sudden it's worth a fraction of what I thought it should be worth, am I less inclined to buy another one? Well, I, I suppose with the electric car, what you really, what the buyers need to consider is the, the full cost of cycle, the full cost of you running the car over the full cycle. I mean, there are significant savings on the fuel side of the house. There's significant saving in the maintenance of the vehicle. Um, you, you, so it's, it's to look at it over the lifespan of while you hold the car. There was there was a point in time last year, and potentially we we'll see a little bit more of it this year. But I, I think it's going to flatten out um, in terms of depreciation on okay. the vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Let, let, stronger demand on them now, definitely this year. Most people who are considering a used car are also taking it into consideration to look at a new, at a, an electric as well, which wasn't the case before. Okay. Now we've loads of, uh, as I expected, we've loads of WhatsApps and texts in. Um, maybe Philip, you might help me with this first one because you mentioned them earlier. What's the best seven seater? I have three kids, and the market seems limited. That comes in from Johnny. Yeah, well, uh, you have three kids yourself yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. As a, a newly fledged Peugeot dealer, I'd have to say the five double oh seven. It's uh, the five double eight. It's um, it's a great car. It's the three eyes of fixed seats for me. That's the the kind of the thing that I'd need uh, with, with three kids and uh, space for the dog and the the, the buggies and all the. Well, what sort of what sort of price range is that new? Uh, it's upwards of uh, about thirty five grand. Okay, and and so a seven seater new that would accommodate three kids, the dog, yeah. the, the cars. The thirty five k is is probably about the average, is it? It is, but equally we have uh, a Dacia offering of the the Jogger. So Dacia, I suppose, is kind of a, a bit of a, uh, a market uh, disruptor in terms of coming in and having a, a lower cost of motoring. So it's uh, a seven seat uh, kind of um, estate vehicle, uh, and uh, it starts off from twenty one thousand. Yeah, so it's. Uh, uh, another great offering. Okay, um, another one here, Brian. Maybe you might deal with. Are your panel worried 
about their businesses in terms of the push to get people away from cars. I know lots of two-car families trying to downsize to one and maybe even get rid of a car if they're in Dublin. That's probably a concern for the industry, is it? Well, I, I, well, I think if car ownership reduced, I think I think it would be. But I think we have to. Our population is growing. Yeah. So, so there, there are going to be. We are going to re, re, replace some of the people who are maybe reducing the number of cars by by. by so there'll just be extra people, people that will so, fill that void. Yeah, and I think market projections there will probably be at, at, at worst the same number of cars on the road in twenty thirty as there is today, and probably um, more cars on the road in twenty thirty. So, so, so I think the overall size of the Irish vehicle fleet. Is 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 stable, um, and it may it may there may be some upside to it. Okay, one for you, Rowena, and it's back to electric cars. Uh, a, a texter called Eva says uh, that electric cars are still too expensive. I want one but can't afford it. Are they likely to reduce in price? And as I said, that comes in from Eva. I think what we've seen, Bobby, is uh, an expanding of the market right across all the franchises. There is. Um, much cheaper value offerings and smaller cars in um, right across all the manufacturers. Like like I say, we took on the Fiat brand. We've got a, a small Fiat 500 electric vehicle for twenty five, twenty seven thousand. You know, and, and I'm sure Philip will be able to talk about similar offerings in 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 his brand. So we are gone away. Where two years ago, most electric cars you were looking at forty five plus. Yeah, that's a significant decrease, isn't it? Yeah, there is. There's lots of options available now. Um, in, in granted, they may be in some cases a smaller car offering, but usually a lot of the electric car driving is urban driving, and uh, it does suit. But yeah, there are there are alternatives, and as as the, it's like it's chicken and egg, as the market grows and as the factories gear up, economies of scale, the price is coming down. Yeah, right across the board, you know. Just before I leave you, uh, Rowena, what about the commercial sector? And I know you operate in that. Do, has, does that go up and down with the regular car market, or is it always very different? Uh, it tends to correlate very well with you, with, the, with the economy, and it's really, you know, a man or a in the van, and yeah. it kind of correlates well with small businesses and um, the man in the white van. Yeah, yeah. our lady. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, our lady. Yeah, it, it correlates well with that. We saw growth last year um, in around is seventeen percent. I think it was Brian. Is that right? The last year in around that from the light commercials, and I think it's similar. To the, the figures yesterday were up around twenty seven percent for the first ten days of this year. So we're seeing really strong strong demand for small vans and right up to the bigger jumbo-sized vans. Yeah. It's, again, a correlation to the business community, though, and how things are working well. Uh, Philip, can I ask you about the the importance of the number plate and the time of year? Like, it sort of drives, I know, some years ago, bringing in the second registration in July maybe changed that slightly, but is the focus on new cars really focused on January still? Listen, I think the biggest change in the the second reg period means that nobody in the motor industry can take a holiday. But uh, it's uh, well, that's a good complaint. <laughs> it is absolutely. There is uh, there is still the focus for for January. That's you know it's there without a doubt. And in crude percentages, if you looked at your sales, how 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 much of it is in that period? I would say that the the first three months of the year would roughly be about forty percent. Okay. 
Um, so it, it still is the the January reg blade, you know, with uh, another 20, 20 to 25% then in, uh, in July, then after that. But if you want to be buying a January car, I'd need to be talking to you probably in October, would I? Yeah, uh, you're looking at the first 10 days figures uh, today from release from yesterday. And all of those uh, vehicles that were sold were sold in uh, November yeah. December, um, so it's you're kind of freeing up now. You're 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 delivering those vehicles, and now you're ready to talk to the customers that are ready. The big change for this year, as opposed to last year, uh, is availability. We've see availability right across the boards with with all the brands, um, which is and has that put downward pressure on price. Not necessarily. I suppose most people are, are keen with their offers in terms of trying to combine them with finance and, and uh, a lower cost of finance for our customers to make them uh, more affordable. Um, and, you know, you're, you're seeing that across the board with, with all manufacturers. Last word to you, uh, Brian, just in terms of you've been trotting out the numbers for many years now. If we, if we look on the back of a, of a relatively successful uh, 23, a good start to 24, where does your optimism or pessimism lie uh, when you look forward? Yeah, well, well, I think we're going in the right direction, and I do think car sales. There may not be a huge increase this year, but I think there will be. There will be an increase. Um, I, th- I think our concerns are on the electric vehicle piece. Uh, again, we expect to see an increase this year, but not of the scale of increase we've had in previous years. Um, the government supports, they've started reducing the supports. We're still really in the early phases yeah. of, of, of the I EV project. I wonder about the, about the logic of that, but you know, there so you go. For, for, for not a lot of money, and we're investing in reducing emissions in Ireland, um, electric, electrification of the fleet is the number one mitigation between now and 2030 in the in the transport sector. Uh, we just need the supports. We know they're not, they can't be in place when, when, when the mass market is electric, but we need the supports maybe even to go back to where they were for, for another two or three years. Okay, well, look, I'm very pleased to talk to uh, all three guests and, and to report that things are reasonably good because uh, it's been, there was certainly a couple of dark years in there. So it's nice to see trade uh, getting back to where it should be. Brian Cook, uh, Simi Director General, thank you. Rowena Dooley, Dealer Principal at Dooley Motors in Carlo, thank you. And indeed, Philip Mallon, Managing Director of the Joe Mallon Group, thanks indeed. And uh, A happy 2024 to you all. Thanks, Thanks, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.